uh, a message for you. I, I hope it will bless you. Uh, but first and foremost, uh, uh, I want to read this um, verse to you from the text from Ephesians chapter 6. Alright, this is what it says. Verse 10. Be strong in the Lord, my people, and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies or schemes of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in his dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so you will be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of this, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Amen? And thus today, we continue on round eight of our Fight Club series. But before we start, can we just uh, spend a few moments of prayer? Amen? Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for today. Uh, thank you for the chance, Lord, to be able to study of your word, Father God, and, uh, and hear, Father God, of your message, Father Lord. Father, I pray as we listen to your word today, speak to us, uh, minister to us, minister to us, Lord, but most importantly, uh, transform us, Father God so that we may get to know you in a deeper um, in a deeper way, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. So, friends, if you have been a Christian for a long time, especially if you are a charismatic like all of us, all right, the idea of spiritual warfare, the conflict between spiritual good and evil, is probably something you are familiar with, something that helps you make sense of the realities of the world that you live in. Or to some of you, you think that all of this stuff is actually nonsense, that these things make no intellectual sense. You think people that believe in this are, firstly, you're crazy. Secondly, you're flaky. Or thirdly, you're plain uneducated. All right? So, and so you are skeptical. All right? The reason I'm saying this is just because the truth of the matter is there are, there are, you know, some Christians think that we charismatics are crazy. You know, why you all speak in tongues? You know, why you all believe in uh, uh, spiritual warfare, all these things? All right? So do you think that you guys are really uneducated? All right? But there are also those of you today who are new in the Christian faith. And this might be the first time you are getting to know this topic. But whatever category you are in, it is my hope that today's message will give you a new or a deeper understanding of this very important topic in the Bible. You see, as I was preparing for this message, right, you know, I had to do a lot of research. Uh, the reason I had to do a lot of research is because the truth of the matter is uh, I'm a charismatic. Charismatic means, you know, I have a lot of baggages. Baggages means, you know, I, you know, I, I believe in spiritual warfare, lah, you know, and, 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 and I've seen the extremes of spiritual warfare. I've seen extremes of believing in the spirit. So I wanted something that's very balanced, all right? So I did a lot of reading here and there. And in my research, you know, in preparation for this message, I was able to draw uh, from the resources of Timothy Keller, which gave a very balanced and grounded view of this topic. He himself, in turn, drew from an incredible book called Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. Wow. Oh, what a title, right? Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by a Puritan pastor and author that lived in the 16th century, all right, uh, by the name of Thomas Brooks. All right? So I've learned so much just preparing this message, and I hope you do too. See, friends, the Bible says in Ephesians that our fight is not against 
flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. In other words, a shadow fight. You see, when Apostle, when Apostle Paul says this, he is not saying that the evil we fight is not in physical or human form. Paul, for one, know, knows what it's like to face evil in its most physical and human form. You see, he was imprisoned, he was stoned, and he was falsely accused. We also know that evil in flesh and blood form does, does exist in the natural world that we live in. All right? Cruelty, violence, greed, crime, racism, poverty, and wars. But what Paul is trying to tell us is this. What we fight against is not just only against flesh and blood forms of evil, but against something that is above, behind, or beyond. You see, the unseen rulers, the dark powers, the spirits in high places, something that is more than just human or natural. And unless we recognize this dimension of evil in the world, we will not be able to fully understand the depth and the reach of the enemy and fight against it effectively. Now, if you are in a category of those who don't believe in this, if in your mind, everything that happens is due to a natural cause or natural causes, all right, that, that there must be a scientific explanation for everything. Then, to you all evils, hate, jealousy, greed, that lead to violence and cruelty, all of those things must have a natural cause. And those natural causes must be due to psychological or sociological factors. Your upbringing, your education. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not denying. Those are three facts, all right? But, and, and because all of these are due to natural causes, then it can be fixed by human capabilities. In fact, you may even dislike the use of the word evil. Why? Because you think it is no longer relevant in our modern and scientifically advanced world. You'd rather use medical terms like dysfunction. You know, we don't like to say people are evil right now. We just say that he's dysfunctional, all right? Or we like to say that he's pathological, all right? To replace the word evil. Because you think most of these evils are basically just due to psychological or sociological issues. Now, if that is true, then how do we explain and justify all the evils of wars in the world? All the mindless mass killings, terrorism, Ethnic cleansing that kill millions. All right, you all, you all know what it means by ethnic cleansing, right? Anyone knows what, uh, doesn't know what ethnic cleansing means? All right, ethnic cleansing, ethnic cleansing generally means that if you don't like a particular race, all right, you kill all of them. All right, you kill all of them. That's ethnic cleansing. All right, I was joking with the, um, just to lighten the mood a bit, like, I was joking with, uh, uh, so at the a, at a, at a, at a, at a core of ethnic cleansing is racism. Alright, but racism to the extreme already, you know. Some people racism is just by the by the words they say. But ethnic cleansing is actually putting racism into a severe action, alright, to remove an entire race. So if I don't like you Chinese, I'm Chinese also, right? If I don't like you Chinese, you know, I'll kill all of you. Alright? You don't deserve to live in this world. Alright, that's called ethnic cleansing, alright? Now I was joking with them yesterday that uh, even among Chinese, alright, among Chinese, you know, some of us uh within the Chinese community, uh, some of them are quite racist one, okay? Especially uh, the Cantonese, okay? I'm a Cantonese, all right? Kong Tong Yen. Kong Tong Yen, all right? Very bad one, all right? Uh, you know when we uh, address uh, people of other race, all right? They are all ghost one. Shimbo Hai Kwai, all right? Let me give you an example, all right? For example, if you are Japanese, all right? We call you Yapun Kwai, all right? And if you are uh, uh, Indonesian, Yen Lai Kwai, all right? Uh, if you are uh, uh, from India, we call you Yen Tou Kwai, 
All right, if you are from uh, America or Europe, we call you Kwai Lou. So all of you are Kwai. All right, only us Chinese are Tongyan. Ah, only us are humans. All right, so Cantonese are wah lao eh. You know, Cantonese cannot make it like Cantonese. All right, Cantonese are loud. You know, they are crude. Okay, but that's us Cantonese. All right. Okay, so just to make you guys laugh and relax a bit. Okay, relax a bit. Okay. Now, um, the fact is this: those that say that evil. Is psychological or social, cannot explain or account for the depth, the breadth, and the extent of evil that is happening in the world. There are some aspects of evil humans simply do not have the intellectual resources to cope with, and are just beyond human capabilities to solve. But God, our God, and the Bible can. You see, the Bible and God shows us exactly where evil came from, when two of God's creations. Angels and humans fell. You see, when some of the angels, you know, angels are the supernatural, the spiritual, supernatural, and personal beings created by God. When they fell by exercising their free will and turned away from God, they became the devil and his demons. Correct? And then the human race also sinned against God. And now, sin and evil has taken root in the spirit and soul of the human being. So evil, at its very core and source, is spiritual. See, psychological and sociological factors can only shape or draw out what is already in the human heart. See, those factors don't create it. You know, the self-centeredness, the self-absorption, the self-delusion, the insecurities. What is already inside the heart? The devil just makes it worse. You know, friends, the devil cannot make a good person bad. It just makes a flawed person worse. Let me repeat that again. See, the devil cannot make a good person bad. It just makes a flawed person worse. You see, it plays on what's already in you through lies. So, my friends, don't allow the devil a chance to aggravate your situation. That is why the Bible tells us, don't let the sun go down with anger in your hearts. Why? Because it is essentially telling us, don't allow that anger to dwell or drag too long. Because by by doing so, you let the devil have a foothold and the opportunity to let that anger grow into bitterness, and bitterness will lead to hate, and eventually, possibly, violence. All right. So it continues on and on if you don't stop it from the onset. Amen. All right. So friends, our fight is not just only against flesh and blood. We need to understand and accept that there is a devil, and there are demonic forces at play in our world. So, so if you find it hard to believe in the existence of evil or the devil, you might think that you are sophisticated, and you think those that believe are oversimplistic or uneducated. But perhaps by not realizing how multidimensional and how deeply spiritual evil is. Maybe you are the one that is being overly simplistic and naive, and not the people who believe in it. You see, if we find it hard to believe in the existence of the devil and demonic forces at work, then you will find it hard to understand or defeat the darkness you face in your own heart, or in your own life, and in your world, because some forms of evil are just way beyond our, cap- our capabilities to defeat, unless God is helping us. Amen. Amen. Now, on the other hand, you might be on the opposite side 
uh, on the opposite side who blame all your problems on the devil. All right, now this one, charismatics come in already. All right, once upon a time, we were like that, all right? Okay, you cannot find parking. It's the devil's fault. All right, traffic jam, also the devil's fault. All right, weather too hot, yao hai, devil get fault. Too cold, rain, shine, all right? Bubble tea, the queue so long, also the devil's fault. Alright, so I drink in my bubble tea, supposed to be 20 bubbles in there, got three missing, I already sucked 17, also the devil's fault. Alright, everything's the devil's fault. This one also doesn't make sense, correct or not? Alright, the truth of the matter is this, some of you or some of us, alright, your anger could be because you have unforgiveness. Your sickness could be because you never took care of your health. You fail because you didn't work hard. You got fired. Ah, you got fired because you were just not productive or not cooperative or simply just not performing. I know, the, I know most bosses are the devil, okay? <laughs> All right? <laughs> but I'm not referring... <laughs> most bosses are the devil. I see laughing already, okay? Most bosses are the devil, okay? But, okay, sometimes it's just because we are not productive, all right? Not cooperative or not performing, all right? You lost your business simply because you were unwise or lacked experience. Your breakup, the breakup in a relationship, could be because you took the relationship for granted and lost the person who truly cared and loved you. So, my friends, you can't simply put blame on every bad thing that happened in your life on the devil. Amen? Thus, the key to effective spiritual warfare is to have balance. And Paul, in his text, is trying to teach us about having that balance by not overestimating or underestimating the evil powers. You see, notice that he uses the words against evil rulers and authorities, against mighty powers, against evil spirits in verse 12, all right? These are strong words to describe big powers, all right? You see, what is he trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us, don't underestimate them. But he also says this, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power in verse 10. In other words, don't uh, overestimate them also. Don't be afraid. Don't run and don't hide. And in the end, he also says this, when faced with evil, when you have put on every piece of God's armour to fight and resist the devil, at the end of it, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. It didn't say you might stand. It says you will stand. In other words, expect success and expect victory. Amen. So what we must avoid when we fight against the forces of evil is this, to overestimate their strength. That is to give them too much power that every bad thing must be because of the devil. That would be overbelief. On the other hand, we also should not underestimate their strength to completely not believe, which is underbelief. You know, C.S. Lewis in his book says this, in, a book, uh, in his book, uh, screw, screw Tape Letters, all right, says this. There are two equal and opposite errors in which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe, but to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. What do I mean by that? See, both of these errors are bad because they reduce evil to something that is overly simplistic, either completely non-spiritual, which, uh, which is materialist, or overly spiritual, which is like a magician. All right, what I mean by over-magician, all right? 
you know, we sometimes, you know, uh, there's an error in a, there's an error in the teaching of the church that says that uh, whatever you uh, whatever you pray and claim, you must get. All right. Uh, what is that theology called, Pastor Andrew? The name it and claim it theology, all right? Oh, I pray that my finances will uh, multiply 34, 64, 100-fold. Must happen. Then you got to ask yourself, is God your God or is he your magician? Or is he your genie in a bottle? All right? The problem is you have reduced God to become a genie in our bottle. All right? That the moment that I'm sick, yes, of course, I don't, we must have faith. But at the end, right, we have faith, but the outcome must be from God. God must determine the outcome. We do not determine the outcome. Remember that. All right? All right? God is not our servant. God is not our genie in a bottle. Amen? Okay? Now, where was I? I'm lost, all right? Now, by falling into either of these errors, you are falling into the devil's lies. And nothing pleases it more than when you fall into either one of them. See, the key to effectively fight evil successfully is that we must have a nuanced and complex understanding of evil. Okay? Let me give you an example. Depression, for example. All right? What are the possible causes for depression? All right? Firstly, it could be physical. All right? Which means that what you need is basically just rest, food, medicine for healing. All right? So when you are... When you're depressed, right, it could be just because of uh, you're just physically tired, all right? All you need is rest, food, medicine, for healing, all right? Uh, uh, you know, I get pretty depressed and worked up, you know, when I uh, want to get bubble tea, but, you know, I think of the traffic to SS15, the queue, the traffic jam, fine parking, around. I think of it, I get very depressed. So what do I do? You know, I call GrabFood. GrabFood delivered to me, no more depression, okay? Just joking with you, all right? But, all right, some, some, some depression are just physical, and it can be solved pretty easily, all right? Rest, food, medicine for healing, all right? Now, uh, I had a fever yesterday. I had a really bad fever yesterday. Um, and uh, uh, I had to preach through that fever and a cough, you know. Uh, 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 but uh, Justin was very kind, you know, to, to help me get some medication, you know. And, and, and you know, I, 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 you know, that medication very much uh, allowed me to just continue preaching, all right? Something like that, all right? So, so a lot of these things can be solved, all right? Secondly, it could also be psychological, all right? And when, when it's psychological, what you need is love, affirmation, and support. Amen? Or thirdly, it could also be moral, all right? If that is the case, then your depression is due to guilt and anger. And what you need is repentance, forgiveness, or reconciliation. Or number four, it could also be a demonic cause which means the only way for healing and deliverance is through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. All right? You see, depression could be caused by either one or a mixture of the four causes. So you can't fight depression simply by just saying it's only demonic. Thus, the only cure is to cast out all the demons, which is being overly spiritual. Neither should you fight it by simply just taking medication, all right, which is under-spiritual. All right? For sickness and diseases, do everything medically possible. Let me repeat that again, all right? For sickness and diseases, do everything medically possible, but also everything spiritually possible too. What is that? Pray. You know, when my wife was diagnosed with cancer, you know, stage 3 cancer, very late cancer, right? We did all we could medically. Find the best specialists. Receive the best treatments available all within what we were able to cope financially. All right, we were right deep in the middle of spiritual warfare. 
You know, but friends, there comes a point in time where medically, financially, physically, all that can be done is done. And only the God of the supernatural, the powerful, can do what no man, no medicine and money is capable of doing. So whatever challenges you are facing in your life right now, pray as though everything depended on God, but work as though everything depended on you. Amen. I didn't say that, all right? St. Augustine said that. All right? Pray as though everything depended on God, but work as though everything depended on you. Amen. Amen. So balance is the key, my friends. Balance is the key. See, there are two ways the, devil's, the devil lies to you. Firstly, by temptation. Secondly, by accusation. Now, what is temptation? Temptation, temptation is the devil... I mean, in temptation, the devil essentially gets you to have a too high view of yourself. So you do things you shouldn't. All right? Let me repeat that again, all right? Temptation is the devil essentially gets you to have a too high view of yourself. So you do things you shouldn't. Accusation, on the other hand, is the devil gets you to have a too low or self-hating view of yourself. So that you do things you shouldn't. Now, both ways work in deceiving you. With temptation, the devil is hiding from you God's holiness and how much he hates sin and plays up the love. All right, so with temptation, all right, love is bigger than holiness. All right, so when you, what, what does the devil do when he tempts you? Just do it lah. Don't worry. At the end of the day, God loves you one and God will forgive you, so don't worry. So he plays up the love and plays down holiness. Correct not? So he tempts you, Okay. Accusation, on the other hand, the devil hides from you God's love and plays up God's holiness and wrath. So holiness is bigger than love. This time, small, small little thing. You feel so judgment. You know, you feel so judged by God. You feel you cannot forgive yourself. All right? You cross the road when the red sign is on. Oh my gosh, I'm going to end up in hell for eternity. All right? You condemn yourself all the time. All right? So it plays up holiness more than the love of God. John Newton, in his letter to a young Christian, all right, uh, this happened to be a young Christian man who was going through a little bit of uh, emotional uh, uh, depression, all right, he says this to the young man, you cannot be too aware of all your inward and inbred sins, but you may be improperly affected by them. You express not only a low opinion of yourself, but also too low of an opinion of the person, the work, and promises of the Redeemer, which is God, which is wrong. You see, temptations and accusations are basically lies. Things the devil leads you to think in certain ways and moves you to do what's wrong with, uh, through, through, uh, I mean, what's wrong uh, through having either, firstly, a too high view of yourself or a too low view of yourself. Secondly, a too high view of God's holiness or a too low view of His holiness. And thirdly, a too high view of God's love or a too low view of His love. So how does the devil tempt us? All right, there are seven very uh, basic points. All right, firstly it says, the devil shows you the bait and hides the hook. You all go fishing before, right? Fishing before, right? Who got people show the hook one and hide the bait one? Correct or not? So that's how the devil tempts you. All right, he shows you the bait and hides the hook. Now, how does he do that? He gets you to look at the short-term pleasure or gain and hides from you the long-term misery or pain of what you will suffer. 
Secondly, by getting you to rationalize sin as a virtue. See, this is what he will let you go through your mind, all right? I'm not greedy. I'm just ambitious. Ah, right. I'm not greedy one. All right. I'm just being ambitious. All right. More, nothing wrong, ma. I'm just being ambitious. All right. Okay. Or, I'm not nosy. I'm just concerned. Ah, so you like gossip, ma, right? You gossip. No, no, no. I'm not gossiping. I'm just being concerned for you, my friend, Terry. Okay. Or, thirdly, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just sociable. Ah, just very friendly only, ma. You want to go drink, I drink with you, law. Okay, sociable, all right? Or number three, by showing you sins of Christian leaders, all right? They did it too, what? So it's okay for me, law. They also did it, ma. It's okay for me, all right? Let me tell you one thing, friends, all right? Whatever, you know, uh, Christian leaders, you know, pastors, leaders, whatever, remember one thing. All of us, the same. We are imperfect people serving a perfect God. All right? If you build your faith and you anchor your faith based on the conduct of a leader, you won't last your Christian walk. Because they are bound to fail. And already they are also humans. Correct or not? We are imperfect people serving a perfect God. All right? Okay? So, you know, the moment someone did something wrong or there's a scandal, you know, in the Christian world or whatever, right? And then you leave your faith. Then... You've got to ask yourself, who are you serving in the first place? Are you serving that man or are you serving God? Remember, all right? Now, even, even, even what we are preaching right now, you know, every week you see a preacher comes out on stage to preach, all right? Uh, you think that because they preach like that, right, they must be like that. I tell you guys, manage your expectations. Dream on, all right? Because at the end of the day, right, we also cannot live up to this all the time, 100%. Remember, those of us that are preaching the Word of God, remember this one thing. We are just messengers of the Word of God. We are not the Word of God. All right? Okay, so manage your expectations. Okay? All right? Right. So, don't leave your faith just because somebody made a mistake. All right? I often think, right, if you leave your faith or you leave a church or you leave a, 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 a Christianity, you know, uh, leave your salvation just because, you know, of a mistake someone made, right, then what a waste of what Christ did on the cross for you. Alright, just because of that, alright, you already leave your faith. Such a waste. Amen? Okay? Now, number four, by overstressing the mercies of God. Alright? Now, what do I mean by that? It says, just do it because God will forgive you. That's his job. Alright? Overstressing the mercies of God. Alright? You think that whatever you do, God will also be merciful to you. Alright? You know, uh, the last time I preached about the sermon uh, on Jonah, all right, the mysteries of the mercies of God. All right, uh, I mean, our God is a merciful God, no doubt about it. It's a merciful God, you know. I, uh, I, I was uh, joking with the Saturday service. I said, right, when I look at Jonah, right, I said, wow, this guy, uh, pakai lah, I, said. I said, right, I think most of us here are even better than him. All right, who of us, right, how many of us right, can actually disobey God or, you know, uh, run away from God like Jonah like that? But still, God, in spite of, of his flaws, in spite of his disobedience, God still continually tried to win him back. You know, he ran. God ran after him. He ran to the other side. God also ran to the other side to come and bring him back. God tried everything possible to pull him back. Alright? So, of such a flawed person, such a messed up person like Jonah, God also can use. 
it gives us a little bit of hope lah. that you know no matter how flawed or how uh, messed up we are sometimes by the mercies of God God can still pull us back amen all right number five by making us bitter over our suffering all right you, you think since I've suffered therefore I also deserve this since I suffered I suffered so many things therefore I deserve this or number six by showing us how many bad people seem to be having great lives so I might as well do it since my obedience humility integrity doesn't pay off all right so we all Christians like to compare with one another all right wow you know or you compare with non-Christians all right you say wow every week I come to church you know, I give all my finances to God. I serve God, you know. I, 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 I do everything to serve in the house of God, you know. Why are other people doing better than me? All right? Okay, so you like to compare with other people, you know. You compare, you know, your, your life with other people. Okay? Or number seven, by getting us to compare one part of our life to another. I've done so much good. So this one bad thing isn't a big deal. All right? Let me give you an example. You work in a company for many years. All right, you dedicated your whole life to this one company, 30 years, all right? Okay, so you sacrifice so much. Huh? And then one day, you had an opportunity to maybe uh, uh, overcharge something a little bit, you know, or take a little bit of money, it's laying there, you know? And then you have to tell yourself, yeah, you know, I sacrificed so much for this company. You know, I gave so much of my life. I don't think anything wrong like, if I take this little bit or, you know, I use this money, you know, to go and do something, you know, that a uh, company won't know about it. One. Somehow I deserve it, one, because I sacrificed so much. Alright, so by getting us to compare one part of our life to another. Amen? Okay? And how does the devil accuse us? Four points here. By causing us to look more at our sin than our saviour. You see, it is said that for every criticism, you need four compliments to heal. At least for kids. Alright, when you bring up a child, alright, they say that you, for every criticism, you need four compliments to heal. Now, if that is true, for every one look at your sin, you would also need four looks at your Saviour. Amen? For every one look at your sin, you would also need four looks at your Saviour. And the devil wants to make sure that doesn't happen. That is why when you're going through a difficult time in your life, you know, when you are going through, I don't know, a breakup or bankruptcy or a difficult time in your life, right, the first thing you want to do is you stay at home, correct? You don't want to come to church. You don't feel like coming to church. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He doesn't want you to come to church. All right, you don't feel that I don't, I, I don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anybody. All right, I just want to stay at home. All right, I want to be in my cave. All right, the problem is when you stay at home, the situation gets even worse. You start thinking worse and worse. And you go into depression. And that's exactly what the devil wants you to do. All right? Secondly, um, by causing you to live in regrets. By obsessing over your past sins that have done damage and cannot be undone. You tell yourself, it's hopeless. There's no more hope for salvation or forgiveness. Or number three, by making Christians think that the troubles they are going through must be a punishment for past sins. See, this wouldn't have happened unless God was angry with me. So you think that the troubles you are going through right now is a punishment from God. Or number four, by making people think that the inner struggles and feelings they have are wrong. You see, friends, what happens is this, all right? You're a Christian. You are not supposed to have negative thoughts like that, all right? You're not supposed to have sadness. You're not supposed to have doubt. You know, we all charismatic last time, right? Cannot say that we are sick one, you know, right? Right, Heng, remember, right? 
Cannot say we sick man. Sick means oh, you know faith. Alright? Die die also, right? On a hospital bed also you must come to church. You cannot say you're sick. Alright? The moment you're sick, right? Well, you know faith. Or I don't know why I thought of this yesterday, you know, very funny, I said, right? I remember there was a time, uh, Laverne will memorize, Jim will remember this. You know, last time when uh, your particular cell group or your connect group grows to a certain size, you know, and you're supposed to, uh, you know, have become two groups, all right? You cannot use the word split one. You must use the word multiply. If you use split, uh, wow, Hosea, your leader will come you. Josh, come here. Why you say split? Split is so negative. Split is so wrong, all right? Get that word out of your vocabulary. It's no faith. Must say multiply. Alright, I mean, come on. It's over spiritual already. Split means split, man. There's nothing wrong with split, okay? Why? Alright, so, you know, sometimes we charismatics, right, over this spiritual already, you know, every word, right, we, uh, yeah. Then you figure out how come people in the world, I think we're all crazy, irrelevant. Alright, how to reach out to people uh, in the marketplace, you know, when you, can, oh, yo, 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 every, cannot use the word split, must use multiply. Alright, oh, cannot. You get what I'm saying? So we are discounting ourselves, lah. All right, you know, let's let us be, you know, okay. All right, all of this sound familiar, right? All right, you see, the devil is playing you; he is deceiving you. We must be aware of his schemes. We must understand what he is doing. That is what we are fighting: the schemes, the strategies of the devil. So, how do we fight back? See, notice that the Bible doesn't tell us to put on the armor of God, just in case there are attacks from the devil we are told that it will come and we must put on all of God's armour so that we will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. See, we are told very clearly what our struggles will be. They will be against a presence we cannot see. Not flesh and blood, but of a nature that grips our minds, our hearts and also our souls. Struggles that gain a stronghold and are often more relentless than we are able to handle. Anger, envy, greed, lust, addictions, self-doubt, self-loathing, and also self-condemnation. Now, without God's armour, we won't be able to win the fight. But what is this armour? The Bible tells us, you know, in this picture, alright? Firstly, put on the belt of truth around your waist. Now, what truth? The truth of the gospel. And how do we gain that truth? through study and meditation on the Word of God, letting it permeate every cell of our being, asking the Holy Spirit to give our heart and soul discernment and also revelation. And why our ways? Why? Why our ways? Because it is a part where we have that gut reaction to life's events and circumstances. It is that feeling deep down in the pit of our stomach that signals to us that things are right and true. So when we have that truth of His Word wrapped around our waist, we have an internal, internal compass that will always point our guard towards the true north. That is why we need to wear the belt of truth at our guard there. Secondly, we are told to put on the breastplate of righteousness that covers our hearts. What is that righteousness? See, there are many words to describe righteousness, alright? Just, true, sincere, but at the core of it is having a right relationship with God. A righteousness that is not earned by our human capabilities or efforts or performance, but a righteousness that is given to us as a free gift. You see, it took me a long time to understand what is the righteousness of God. You know, I mean, I've been a Christian for 30 years. Man, it took me such a long time. What is righteousness of God? 
you know, I always thought, you know, because of, you know, we are, we are Chinese, you know, in, in, a, in a world that we live in, you know, we always have to earn something. To receive something, you need to earn something. But that is not the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is given to you as a free gift when He died on the cross. You know, the righteousness of God is not something that you earn. It is given to you. You know, if ever, if ever in your life you receive a certificate of righteousness, remember it is not something that you earn. It's not something that you attended a class for. It's not something that you, you, uh, uh, you, 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 you live a particular way or you fulfill certain requirements before that is given you. It is given to you as a free gift by God. That is the righteousness of God given to us as a free gift. The Bible also tells us that the Lord knows our hearts and that is why the breastplate covers that area. It is in our hearts where God looks at us in the most intimate and deepest of ways. It is also where we are most vulnerable to the slings and the arrows of life. The heart is meant to be filled with peace, with compassion, kindness and love. Thus, we need a strong breastplate to cover our heart to protect it from being hardened or even undone. And thirdly, while our waist is secured with the, with the belt of truth and our hearts protected by the breastplate of righteousness, the Bible tells us to wear the shoes of the gospel of peace. See, we are called to walk our journey on this earth in peace. The Bible says, let the peace that comes through Christ rule and reign in your hearts and always be thankful Christ gave us His peace because He knew how valuable it is. Because from peace and acceptance comes joy, comes strength, and also perseverance to overcome every challenge in life. And number four, how appropriate that while we walk in peace, our minds are fitted with the helmet of salvation in Christ. See, we must continually remind ourselves that His ways are not our ways or the way the world operates. See, when our minds are always covered in the knowledge and in awareness and confidence of our salvation, we can continually bring ourselves back to Him when temptations, accusations and challenges push, pull us away or further away. Fifthly, the Bible tells us next to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You see, if putting the belt of truth was having a foundation built on the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit is knowing the Bible so well that you can use it in times of temptation and accusation to defeat the enemy. See, it is not just a defensive weapon, but also an offensive weapon. Finally, we walk into the world with a shield of faith. See, this shield of faith is our first line of defense and identifies us as followers of Christ. To know that, to know that reality of God is greater, is greater than the reality of man. How we feel or how things appear. To live by faith and not by sight. You see, the shield of faith is focusing on the facts of God and trusting the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Can I have the musicians to come up? You know, church, at the core, at the source of the armor of God is the gospel. See, if you understand the gospel, 
when the devil attacks you with accusations, you know that Jesus died for you on the cross as your substitute. That He took the penalty of your sins. That when you believe in Him, all of your guilt, all of your regrets, and all of your doubt is brought, is put on Him and absorbed by Him. And all of His righteousness is brought to you so that you are absolutely loved and accepted by Him. And when the devil attacks you with temptation, it is also the gospel that reminds us that the things you are tempted to do, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice so that you wouldn't do it. You see, He was crucified, suffered one of the most painful tortures and death for those sins. And if we remember that, it must convict and compel us not to fall into those sins. It is the gospel, my friends, the complete understanding of the gospel, what Jesus did for us on the cross that gives us the power to completely defeat the strategies of the devil. See, we need to put on the full armour of the gospel. You put on the full armour of the gospel. Amen.